Hello everyone, this is Easy Natural English with Liam. This is an English learning podcast where I speak to you in natural English that is not too difficult and not too easy. And I hope that by listening to this podcast, you can just naturally get used to English and naturally start speaking English in a more natural way because you'll kind of just have my voice stuck in your head and you can kind of just copy the things that I've said and you can trust that that is the native way to say it because I am a native English speaker. So there we go, that's how it works. So today I'm going to continue answering a request. So in the last episode, um, I said that I got a request from a listener to talk a bit about teaching children and also to talk a bit about who is eligible to be a teacher. So I said last time, uh, eligible means something similar to suitable. So when uh, this listener asked who is eligible to be a teacher, they were asking um, who can be a teacher, um, who would be able to be a teacher. And this uh, person asked, um, yeah, what kind of student could be a teacher? So um, I guess his, I think his question is about, you know, can non-native English learners become English teachers? That's how I understood his question. Uh, there was nothing wrong with his English. His English was very good. Um, but just sometimes when you've just got one message, um, it's hard to understand what someone's question is. And I think that was what his question is. So that's what I'm going to talk about. If I was wrong, please message me again and I'll, I'll, I'll answer the actual question. Um, but yeah, I think that um, non-native English speakers can definitely become English teachers. Um, I think there's a good, um, there's kind of pros and cons to both. So of course, when you speak to a native teacher, um, I mean, of course, it's easier to teach your native language. Uh, I studied French for a long time and I've been studying Japanese for a long time but I would not feel confident teaching either of them because um, if somebody makes a mistake when speaking Japanese, um, I might not notice, you know, um, or I might not, or I might think like if somebody's talking to me in Japanese and they made a mistake, I might think, ah, I think that's wrong. You know, that's not kind of, that doesn't fit the rules that I know but maybe there's some special case that I don't know about where that's okay. You know, I wouldn't say it like that because I think that's wrong, but maybe, you know, in this situation, you can change the grammar or something. You know, there's some exception that I don't know about or something like that. So I think it's a little bit hard to have that confidence in your non-native language, you know, whereas when it's your native language, and if somebody says something wrong, you know, your your brain just naturally goes, boop, boop. <laughs> you know, you just kind of instantly know that that's wrong. You're like, that's that's strange. Sounds strange. And, you know, even if you're if you're not a teacher, maybe you can't explain it, but you just know instantly that that's not quite right. Um, but um, yeah, so I think it's easier to teach in your native language, but um, if you're learning from a non-native teacher, I think the uh, big positive point there is this person has gone through the same experience as you. 
So when you speak to a native speaker, sometimes they don't understand um, why it's difficult for you. You know, they don't understand like why you know why is this student having this problem? Um, why you know is this why is this so hard or you know why why can't they get this bit right or something and and then maybe they can't give you the advice that you need but when you're learning from someone who speaks your language so for example this um this listener who requested this topic is from Iran so um if they're speaking Persian or i think it's also known as Farsi so if they're speaking uh Persian or Farsi um i don't know which one of those is better i think it's the same <laughs> so i'll go with persian if they're speaking uh yeah if your teacher is a persian speaker and you know the student is a persian speaker then the teacher knows exactly what things are a bit strange for you in english because you know each language is very different so students from different places have their own kind of special problems with grammar with pronunciation with vocabulary and it sort of depends on if that grammar concept exists in your language or if that sound is close to a sound in your language you know when it comes to pronunciation so um like for example you know i studied french for a while so i know a bit about french grammar and things like that and i've been studying japanese for a while uh also yeah i studied Spanish for a while and I think um a lot of the mistakes that uh Spanish and French and Italian and Portuguese speakers make they're all quite similar because those languages are all based on Latin and they'll have kind of similar rules so um one problem for example for French speakers or Spanish speakers is using the too much so in English you know the like the pen the means um you know it makes something specific so if i say do you have a pen it just means any pen doesn't matter this pen that pen whatever but if i say do you have the pen then you should understand which pen i'm talking about so for example if i give you my pen and then i see you next time and i say do you have the pen and then you can understand ah the pen that's a specific pen that's the pen he gave me Here you go here is the pen. Um whereas yeah in French and Spanish and like I I think in Italian Portuguese too they use the much more or like the equivalent in their language they use it much more so when they speak English they use it too much. Um so if you compare that to for example a Russian speaker in Russian they don't have any articles they don't use the like they don't doesn't exist in their language. so they just uh, often forget to use it so they just you know i'm saying like french speakers use it too much and then russian people don't use it enough so it sort of depends on your native language you know what kind of mistakes you make and it's the same for uh pronunciation so you know if you have the sound like you know in english we have e and and a and o so if you have sounds like this in your language those will be easier for you to pronounce but if those sounds are a little bit different in your language then they'll be hard for you to pronounce so yeah if you've got a teacher who speaks your language so i was using the example of uh, Iranian people speaking Persian 
So if you're a Persian speaker and your teacher has reached a high level of English and you know then you're trying to get to that level, this teacher can understand the things that are going to be difficult for you because they can say to you, you know, in Persian we say it like this, but in English it's very different, they say it like this. Or if it comes to pronunciation, they can say, you know, yeah, in Persian we have this sound, but that sound doesn't exist in English, you have to change the pronunciation a bit, and it's like this or something. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good idea if, uh, non if you learn from non-native speakers sometimes. Um, actually, when it comes to pronunciation in Japanese, um, I usually watch the videos of a non-native speaker. Um, there's a guy on YouTube called Dogen. He makes, uh, he's from America and he makes kind of funny videos in Japanese. He has a very, very high level of Japanese and very good Japanese pronunciation. And he teaches pronunciation too. And the difference is when, when, yeah, when native Japanese speakers teach pronunciation, you know, they might say, say this sound. But they don't understand exactly what is difficult for me as an English speaker. But this guy, Dogen, he's from America, so he can say, you know, in English we have this sound, but in Japanese that's a bit different, you need to change it like this or something. So, you know, he fully understands the sounds that exist in English, and because he studied very hard, he understands the sounds in Japanese too. So, um, yeah, he can sort of say, you know, I understand that this is difficult because, you know, he is also an English speaker and he can tell me what to do to get past that problem. So yeah, I think it's quite good uh, for non-native speakers to teach sometimes. And what makes somebody eligible? So what makes somebody suitable for that? Because again, I kind of went off topic and just talked about whether it's a good idea or not. Um, I think what makes you eligible is just if you feel like you can answer your students' questions. So if you're teaching, um, you know, intermediate level, you know, you're teaching some intermediate students and they keep asking you questions that you feel like you can't answer very well or you're not quite sure if you're giving them the right answer, then maybe your English is not high enough to teach at an intermediate level and perhaps you could teach some beginner English to, you know, some children or some beginning adults and then if you're finding all their questions very easy to answer, you feel confident about your answers, then, you know, that would mean that you're quite suitable to teach that level. So, yeah, I guess that's how I would judge whether or not you're eligible, is do you feel confident at speaking English? Do you feel, uh, yeah, like your English is good? And do you feel like if somebody asked you a question about English, you would be able to answer their questions? And would you be able to uh, correct them in the way that they need. And then also, um, you know, the other aspect would just be general um, eligibility to be a teacher or general suitability for being a teacher. And for that, I would just say having a passion for what you teach, enjoying teaching, and um, making sure that your students are learning. And that can be achieved in different ways. But like I talked a bit about last time, I think concept checking um, is very important. So checking that the student has understood or comprehended the topic. And I think that's something that I see like the biggest problem with a lot of teachers is, yeah, I think sometimes teachers explain something 
and they just think that the student has understood, but it's very important to check that they have in fact understood. And there's lots of different ways to do that. I'll let you have a look on the internet and learn more about that if you're someone that's interested. But basically, yeah, it's called concept checking. Uh, yeah, just um, asking, answering, uh, asking them a series of questions and getting them to produce the content, you know, getting them to say things or write things themselves to check that they've understood it. But um, anyway, uh, that was a question from a listener. Like I said, I kind of digressed both times. I went a bit off topic, but I hope uh, in some way I've answered your question. Um, thank you all very much for listening today. If anyone else has any questions, then please go over to my YouTube page and you can just comment on any of the videos. Doesn't matter which one, just open any video, put a comment with your question and uh, I will answer them when I can. Uh, if you want to support me and hear more podcast episodes, then check out the link for my Patreon. That's in the same place in the description of the episode. There's also a link for my teaching page and a link for my buy me a coffee page and also some social media links as well. So check those out and I'll see all of you guys back here next time.